0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Lee Michael Pronko on the show. He's a single dad, and he's co-founder of the HeartString dating app. And today, we're going to talk all about being a single dad, dating, relationships, and this awesome app that is video-based and I think long overdue in this modern dating world. Lee, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Christine. I mean, you're in California. I'm in Ottawa. I hope it's as beautiful there as it is here today
0: you're Canadian mm-hmm. is, is that why you're so nice
1: am I that nice you're, <laughs> you you're
0: a nice guy from our I don't know you well <laughs> but from our email exchange exchanges your patience your mm. kindness you are very nice
1: oh thanks Christine I appreciate that a lot yeah I mean maybe there's a touch of Canadianness in there right but uh yeah, yeah I think it's important to be be a good person be nice to people be professional you never know I have my moments though you know like there are moments parenting can uh rev you up a little bit Um, how old is he three his mother my co-parents uh together for maybe a year and a half before we had a child so pretty pretty quick out the gate but uh we've been co-parenting for about three years now Uh, honestly pretty much right after he was born Uh, we separated. So it's been a a wild journey right through the COVID era. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's been, been challenging, been the most rewarding thing. And, you know, and single parent power is like pretty much if you, if you really tap into it, it gives you a lot of energy and resilience and perseverance to beat the competition. And what I mean by beat the competition is like at work, anybody, because pretty much when you're single parenting, there's no one tapping in for you. There's no one coming in to make food or, you know, you got to do it all yourself and then more because once your child goes to sleep, if you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be grinding when they're asleep. Right. So tap into that single parent power if you're out there being. A single. I mean, anyone can tap into it. I'm not saying people that don't have kids can't, but it's like you really get, I think, some extra resilience if you do have a child and you're single parenting.
0: May I ask why did you decide to split after he was born?
1: Yeah, that's the best question everyone asks me. Um, Okay, so I mean, speaking from that stage of life and kind of where we're at, we had a lot of our own emotional and generational trauma that really wasn't dealt with, right? And I think sometimes in life, you can't always know that you have those things until you're in a situation when you've arrived there. And then you're like, wow, this is all the stuff coming up, even if you, you know, even if you're doing the work and everybody I don't I've been there where I've like kind of had a lot of negative self-talk, like, oh, I need to do more self-work. I need to do more of this. But it's like sometimes things only come up when the context and the circumstance really forces you to see that thing. So for me, uh, we separated because, yeah, we weren't kind of emotionally available for each other in the ways that we needed for ourselves. We had, yeah, a lot of unhealed trauma that needed to be dealt with that couldn't be done as a collective unit. It needed to be done individually. And we just didn't have alignment on kind of our styles of approaching things in the world then, including parenting. But it's funny. We, we've really worked through the like parental alignment in a, in a very nice way now where we have a very good balance of, I I always like to go back to that like yin and yang piece where it's like, it's like she's a little more soft. And again, it can be flipped for any parent, any roles, doesn't matter gender. It's just in our case, she's a little bit more soft and, more um her approach to like parenting is that style, where mine's a little bit more strict, a little bit more disciplined. So wherever it gets that balance, right? And it's really cool for us to negotiate and navigate that together and grow in that. Now looking back from where we were then, but yeah. And I just made a choice one day, honestly, to say like like we we can't do this anymore. And it was tough because I, I don't know. I was thirty. What do I know about the? I'm not saying you don't know anything about the thirty, but what did I know then? Right? I just said hey, we have to separate, it's not gonna work. It's not the path that we're going down, we're not gonna be able to be together and have a raise river the best way that we could. And that led us to show a different way of co-parenting. And I'm not saying it's not easy, it always has its challenges as things evolve, but it's the best choice I could have ever made. So yeah, from my perspective, we separated because there just wasn't alignment and there's things that needed to be healed. And as much as it was 10 times harder in some ways, the net result is it's much better and we want to show a new way. I come from a household of divorce. So does she, it's pretty common, right? Yeah. And most people, you know, something I've encountered in relationships uh, pretty often when I out the gate is when I explain to them that I have a very practical. And when I say close, I mean, close is that anytime Jess wants to call me or FaceTime me to talk to River, like, absolutely. Or like, Hey, if we can make it happen where we, get together or we have a quick lunch or uh, bring her to sports together cool like I have no like I even go as far to say I can literally be naked in front of her and there's no like we don't have any kind of it's like oh I'm jumping in the shower forever and she came to pick him up and I was like I don't know naked it wouldn't it doesn't even we're not even there you know and so but it's very hard for people sometimes when they come into that especially as a new partner a new dating right they're they think that's weird and it makes sense because the majority of society that's had breakups or separations have a lot of drama. That's why I'm going to, oh, is there drama. I'm like, no, there's that. There's no, there's challenges for sure. But does that make sense?
0: No, that totally makes sense. Everyone's different. And I, I get it. Cause I've been on the side of dating someone who had an ex, um, who he was still in touch with, which made me uncomfortable, but. But I've also been that person who have had exes where there's nothing. So I do understand that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it can be tricky. It just comes down to communication. And everyone's personalities are different, too. I think when I was mm-hmm. younger, I was more immature and unhealed. So I I wouldn't be okay with something like that, where now that I have a little more life experience and understanding, mm-hmm. and if someone gives me a reason like to trust them, or yeah. unless they give me a reason to not trust them,
1: exactly, I would.
0: It would be something that I would understand as long as there's mutual respect. That is where I draw the line. Like there has to be mutual respect, and we care about each other's feelings.
1: Yeah, and I think I think out the gate, if you're clear and transparent about what the situation is, then there's no, there's nothing to hide. You're just transparent about it. Like here's my relationship. Here's what I'm working on. And yeah, there's boundaries. I think boundaries are key, though, too, because I've had some scenarios. It's like as you go through the healing process and you find the balance between your co-parent and and how you're parenting, but then also any new relationships that come in on your side or her side, there are things where you have to kind of negotiate this like, okay, you know, I'll give you an example. Something I've struggled with is like having expectations about like, hey, a plan may be made. And there's no follow through. And that's something that we struggle with previously when we were together. So, you know, letting go of that expectation, that's the toughest part, I think, about the healing process and the healing journey, just like any friendship, right? Regardless if it's an ex-partner or friends, there's some level of like, I think, acquired commitment to like, I'm your friend. Like, yes, I don't expect to hang out with you every day or like, maybe you can't pick up the call every time, but at least I know there's some consistency. At least that's what I look for is like consistency in like the communication or like if you're going to show up, like say, like show up, follow through, you know, that's what I look for. And it's sometimes challenging for me in negotiating those things, um in a in a co-parenting relationship, you know, and have to having empathy and understanding for someone that like maybe something came up, but letting go that like, hey, if they say they can't actually, you know, come for dinner with River and I, okay, cool. Like, but it does lead to some disappointment sometimes because if your child knows, you know, I experienced that growing up with my, with my parents or, you know, saying they're going to show up at something. And again, no, no hard feelings now to them. It was what it was. That generation was different, you know, and, but it's just like, that's an example of stuff where I think one of the lessons learned is you got to work through a lot of this like expectation and then the like boundary. Sometimes the boundaries, you just talk practical stuff that's it you don't talk anything else and i've gone through that too where i share everything because i naturally i'm someone who wants to share everything but it's like sometimes it's not effective it's not effective to the balance of of, of the relationship
0: you've been separated for 3 years now almost yeah. 3 years
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so i think these things i think it takes time so <laughs> like 3 years is not that long of a time and you also have a kid who's changing very fast,
1: very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think for everyone relative to their journey, they know where they are in terms of their, yes, time is certainly a key factor. I would, I would actually point out one thing about the time piece. I myself personally know that when I separated and I went on a series of, you know, relation, like dating and, and relationships, the majority of those at the gate, you know, after three, six, nine months were primarily four of the having fun and sexual nature. That's that was my journey, right? It was like I'm and you know, that was my healing process too. And and maybe I wasn't doing the full things, self-work I needed to do, but that's part of how I went through it, right? But I think personally it took me maybe like one one year and a half. I think that would be like the again, we weren't together that long. We knew we wanted a child. There wasn't that much alignment. And yeah, it's tough. We produced a human. That takes something special. But Again, everyone has their own journey. Some people, maybe it takes them, I don't know, five, 10, 20 years. I have no idea, right?
0: Do you mean it took you a year and a half until you wanted to start diving into the self awareness and self healing?
1: No, I've been doing that for a long time, probably a decade. Um, But in the context of like healing for my relationship, I would say probably a year and a half before I started like really going deeper into those things. And I had I got a new therapist at the time, too, which was very helpful to um, just have that person in my corner, like, to help me work through some of the things I wasn't perhaps cognizant of, even though I did meditation, yoga, journaling, work, like all the stuff, but those things weren't really hitting the mark. I was probably avoiding some things. And I need to have some honest conversations with myself and my therapist. So that was helpful. But I would say it took about a year and a half. And then yeah, to be, I mean, it was already like from my perspective, the relate, like I was, when I made the choice to leave the relationship that I was like done, that was done. But it's just the like things that I need to heal that where I was carrying into, you know, my dating experiences, my other relationships that took a probably about a year and a half, I would say.
0: Can you share some examples of those things
1: Yeah, sure. you were avoiding sure. Yeah. I mean, being probably my attachment style previously would probably be more something like anxious avoidance. Um, I'd balance between the two. So in terms of anxiousness, that relates definitely to some generational trauma, feeling abandoned. That would definitely be probably the first piece. So having that attachment style was pretty common for me. Uh, maybe even hitting the gas on like things like very quickly, you know, out the gate when it's like, am I really in alignment? Am I just saying that I'm going with this and it's good and it's going to last forever type thing, right? Like, you know, that's, those are some of the things I think that I was like, okay, I need to peel back here and just be okay with being alone and accepting that, right? Like that's a tough one, I think for a lot of people for a while. This one, this one is interesting. It's something I learned probably over the last year, which would be just getting better at present moment, but not present moment in a, in a naive way, like a present moment where you're very dialed in. So, what I mean by that is, like, we often have this balance where we're always like future thinking. Like, what what's the like? You're creating a narrative, right, about your relationship. You're like, oh, I just met this person. Like, we're going to get married. I'm not saying everyone does that, but I think sometimes we create these like narratives of where we think it's going to go. And we project onto a relationship rather than just being in the present moment of like enjoying that person and the and the time that you're spending with that person. And that's something I think over the last year, I really focused on took like a year and a half of just like this narrative creation and like, you know, anxious abandonment and then just dialing into the present moment. But if you go too far in the present moment, you really, you also step away and maybe lose sight of what you want to build, right? And someone that's, I'm 35, I have a son. I can't just be like having sex and having fun all the time. That's not, that's fun and that's good. And like, you know, I had like a summer fling in the summer, that was cool, but it wasn't going to go anywhere, right? And that's an example, just where it's like, I think dating in general can really give you this. If you're if you really tune into it as like a learning opportunity, yes, it's fun, but it's like you really learn about yourself, and you can use it as a way to, I mean, work through a lot of stuff that you maybe weren't cognizant of before. Those are kind of two things I think for me was the narrative creation and the, the like very uh, anxious attachment style, and then the dialing into the present moment
0: yeah that balance is tricky uh between the present moment stuff Eckhart Tolle and then also living in a modern world that we actually live in where you have to consider some things as as nice as it sounds to live life like that I don't think that it's it really works unless you're like a monk uh living in a mountain or something like that
1: yeah for sure
0: When you were dating, when you were casually dating, did you communicate this to the women that you were dating at the time?
1: I don't think I was fully cognizant myself of it. It's only upon reflecting back at this time that I'm, that I'm like aware of that because I took stock of like my patterns, right. Over the past year and a half of what I've been up to, that took a good therapist to be honest. um, And I actively searched out a therapist that like, I was like, okay, I need someone that's like 30 years experience in like family trauma, like divorce, you know, and like when I found that actually cool side story, you know, I found that because I looked on this bunch of different websites and I think it was psychology today that had uh little 15 second videos of the psychologist. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was like, now I don't, you know, cause when I read like a bio of a psychologist and I see their photo, I don't get any sense of their vibe or their energy. Right. How do I even know if I'm going to connect with them? And they're so, taxed for time you know you got to go maybe you get a free session maybe not maybe you have to pay a couple hundred dollars right and it's like but when i saw this 15 second clip and i just started watching all hundreds of them i like i was like this is genius and that's kind of one of the reasons why i thought about heartstring actually but in any case uh i saw this video of, of my psychologist and i was like man this guy like is exactly the guy that i want to speak with you know he's an entrepreneur so he understands that entrepreneurial life right and all those added stressors has all this family divorce issues, the way he speaks, his office setting. I was just like, perfect. Sign me up. So yeah. And to, to your question, it's like, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't have, I couldn't have known about myself until I went through those experiences and then then reflected back on and been like, Hey, what was the, what were the patterns that I kind of like one of the patterns would be like out the gate. It'd be like 100 miles an hour. Like, Oh man, I have this crazy connection, but that was passionate and that was a good thing right chemistry but it doesn't mean compatibility so there's like that weird balance where you can have a lot of passion at the gate but that's not going to sustain you over time I think going back like uh, if I you know you're always like oh man did I act like was I an asshole or like did I did I do something but we also can't beat ourselves up about the things that we how we behave it takes two people to make a relationship and you're 50% of that and. Sometimes they have expectations that they thought were going to be achieved and you have yours and that's why, and now you're not there anymore and it didn't work out. Yeah, that's It's tough. tough to avoid the negative self-talk. That's a tough one too, I think, where you like go too deep and beating yourself up about lessons learned. It's like, hey, like, I think it's also a way to celebrate and be like, wow, I'm that much more self-aware now.
0: That's definitely work to do. That's something I had to do over a course of five, six years of Learning well, it's like self love too, right You're, even say, it
1: is self love
0: you don't say it out loud it's how do you approach things, how do you look at lessons learned down to really simple stuff, like when I'm in dance class and if I can't memorize the choreo if I'm not getting it, what is what am I thinking to myself because I imagine mm-hmm. that whatever I'm saying would be like the parent on the sideline, so is it nice? Is it nice? Am I having fun? I'm not trying mm. to be a professional dancer here. It's like a recreational class or fun. Something so, as simple as that. And I still mm. do it. I still go to dance class every week. Is it trains me to be gentle with myself and mm. to have fun? Because that's the whole point. Like, if, if mm-hmm. you don't feel good, why are you doing something?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, right? nice. and, that's a nice way to put it.
0: Right. And with dating, it's learning. Like you said earlier, you. You learn a lot about yourself when you date, when you embody. Because some people, when they go on their personal growth journey, it's it's very inward, it's very isolating. Which I think, some maybe sometimes you need that. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to to learn how to be in relationship, learn about yourself in relationship, whether it's serious or not, you can go mm-hmm. and date with the intention of nothing being serious, but you will have things mirrored back to you. And I think. Mm-hmm with uh, i asked you earlier about like did you communicate to the women you're dating when when it was more um casual or not long term i think because i had so much experience with guys doing that and it was really hurtful you know i was like Mm -hmm. confused it seemed like it was 100 miles an hour like we're doing this Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of confusion on my part and i got mad for a long time like what the fuck like Mm -hmm. what the fuck's going on and that's the thing with the relationships is it's two people. So there's always going to be things that are out of your control, right? Mm-hmm. You can be sure, but you can never be in control of someone else's response if they change their minds, where they're at. So I just did my best to have self-awareness and communicate where I was because I wanted someone who could match that too. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was probably a reason I was because I was learning at this time, too, you know, like mm-hmm. what what is it that I actually want, and I think, as I got more clear, as I started to show up more in alignment with my integrity, speaking my truth, I started to date and attract people who could match that
1: that's a really that's a really good way to put it, and just kind of branching off from that, I don't think I could have spoken to the things that I perhaps wanted back then because I wasn't self aware on that journey because I needed to go through that right and And I totally understand the other side of, I just think maybe I was, I was maybe misguided myself for what I was looking for. Like I really, look when I say the anxious attachment style, right? I was, I was approaching it in like, oh yes, I want a relationship right away. I really want to, you know, hunker down. But the truth is that was going against my like innate feelings that I couldn't articulate at the time cause I was just healing from a wound. So what you seek when you're healing from this wound is you, you want to seek that attachment. You want to feel comforted. You want to feel loved. But to your point about being like a monk or going off into the wild by yourself, you, you also, at least from my perspective as a man, I needed to do that actually so that I could actually work on those things myself. Right. And so, yeah, it's this weird balance. I would say, honestly, truthfully, even to this day, the latest relationship, and just before we you hit the record button, as I said, I just started seeing someone for about a month now, I don't think I attracted the right partners until like, pro- literally probably right now. And I would say that because I went through a few different phases. I think the phase of partners I was attracting matched kind of my energy, but they weren't the right compatibility for me. So the energy, they may be passionate, but perhaps they're a little bit more neurotic. And so nothing wrong with that. It's just that two neurotic partners tend to have a really kind of low grade of like energy. And I was like, you know what? I want to also not be that neurotic anymore. And the way I explain that is some things in my life, like if I have a really low energy, people around me totally feel that right away. If I have a hype energy, it's like everybody knows I'm hype. So getting that balance a little bit better. And then the other piece to it was that we didn't really have compatibility in the the like, maybe some lifestyle aligned but truthfully, the compatibility wasn't on like uh, maybe our vision together, like where we were going to go or um, yeah, even, even just some basic values and stuff. And I don't think I was attracting any partner actually until literally, because I had to go through this other phase, I think, which was the summer was the kind of summer fling phase where I was like, okay, I'm totally in the present. Let's go. I'm focused on my entrepreneurial journey. Nothing's going to take me off that, which is awesome. And I'm, I've been in alignment with that for like years now anyway, but it's like really dialed into it obviously for the past year for Heartstring. And this was just like, after, you know, she was the person that brought up and said, Hey, this is not really going to go anywhere for me. And I I actually was slightly hurt by it, but I I accepted it. Right. I was like, you know what? All right. This makes sense. It was just like sex and fun and, you know, taking my truck to the drive-in like stuff that I never do stuff that I never ever did. I was like, all right, let's do this. And that was good stuff. But the type of, partner that she was for me wasn't it's like I kind of like tricked myself I was like all right this is fun she's very attractive like but that's also good to do I think it's also good to as long as you know that and I was like okay this makes sense this is what I'm doing yes so and then now now I'm at a stage where I'm just like truthfully what it comes down to is uh for me like I'm on my entrepreneurial journey and anyone that comes into my life, it's just take it or leave it. Like, I definitely can't, I don't make any concessions anymore. And I know that sounds so harsh, but it's like, I know exactly what I want and what I'm doing. So anyone that's coming into my life, I make it the way it works for me is I have to, I go like, I'll make you a priority, but this is how I parcel my time out. And it's like, Friday night can be our night, you know, like that's our night. However, I have pushed that boundary recently because what I do on Friday nights is I go out and I get content for Heartstring and get like pitches from people. So date night becomes this way where like we go on a date, but she loves it. And I'm like, this is awesome. Cause she gets to go out and have fun with me. We get some drinks. But then we're also it's actually really helpful because people are more amenable to talk to someone, especially if there's a woman with them. I can just tell you from going out by myself, being like, Hey, do you want to be on my thing? They don't care, but When there's, you know, a a beautiful woman with you, it's much easier. And she's in it. She's like, download it. It's on the apps. She's like yelling at them. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. You know, she's like my biggest champion while I'm out there. So I now know like, and it's not all about me. Like she has her things that she needs and she asks of me. And that's like where I dial into what she needs. But it's really cool to see like this lifestyle alignment emerging for that. And I honestly think that I have not attracted a partner that like works for me until now. So it's, it's really, it's really cool that it's kind of like happening in real time. And I'm seeing that now.
0: Like you're learning like more and more about what you actually want because you're seeing glimpses of that.
1: Yeah. I think that there's two things. I hear a lot of people go like, people go like, I have my list. I write down exactly what I'm looking for. And I think, I think some of that can be kind of arbitrary. And I'll tell you why, because based on, you know, again, going back to like hard string and just like video only dating or in-person meeting, a lot of it is based for me on like the energy and the body you get from someone, you know, even, even what they're saying, how they're talking, that's all out the gate kind of what matters, but it can't be based on just like, you can have whatever list you want. I think there's some check marks and green flags, like, yeah, someone that's doing the self-work, they could be at a certain place in their journey, but they may not, even if they've done the self-work or are doing it, they may not be in alignment with you from a, I don't know, timeline perspective. Maybe they don't want kids. If you want kids, maybe they're not ready to get married. You're like, Who knows what it is, right? So I think sometimes we need to let go of the resume and just be open to kind of sounds I don't want to sound very like airy here, but like whatever the universe, like it's gonna people can sense your energy. So they know and not in an airy way. It's just they can sense like where you're at. They know if you're like right away, honestly, most people can dial into where you're at. If you're if you're feeling insecure or anxious or if you're overconfident, especially in dating, you can get that sense, right? So for me, I think it's two things. The the biggest indicator and the approach I changed to my dating, uh, which really helped me was I like people to meet my friends and family out like pretty quickly. And I'll tell you why, because uh, that gives me a sense if there's like a deeper connection and how they interact with my family. My family is super important to me, um, especially my son. I'm not saying everyone's meeting my son. I'm pretty closed off about that. Not closed off, but I just, I assess it as I go, but it's more like my dad, like right now, my dad, he's 65. He lives with me for two months until he moves into his new house. And it's like, if you're going to come over, like you're going to meet my dad. And I am I love it. I laugh at it because my dad, I, I love, you know, like seeing how his reactions are, what he is. And he, he's super charismatic down to earth. So, and I'm just the type of person that'd be like, I want to see how they interact. Or like my best friends, I have a very close circle of best friends. Life's not getting any short, like longer, it's getting shorter. So these are the people I'm gonna be with for the rest of my life, at least I think so. So let's see how, what's the vibe there. And yeah, I just think that that's a really cool way. And I think a lot of us are very, we, we like silo date for like one year or two years, at least when I hear a lot of people. And then then like they maybe meet the family a few times and they meet friends. Again, everyone's at their own journey. But I think maybe sometimes at the gate, we'd get a much faster indicator if like there's a larger social connection here. Not saying you need to be friends with my friends, but like, what if we're like, let's go for dinner? Like, like I don't know, just stuff like that. So that that was actually the biggest indicator for me to see how uh, comfortable someone is with friends or family. Like an example would be, you know, I had a really good friend. We did a, a team triathlon together and I never met her before. And she came and flew in and stayed with my family and my mom and I and my cousins at a chalet. And just her energy of being like, I, I think we were like going to go somewhere. My cousin and I were like, hey, you coming to this? She's like, no, I'm staying here going shopping with your mom. I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, see ya. You know, like, it's like, that's like the kind of stuff that I appreciate when I'm like, you can be independent, like hold your own and I, there's no holding. So that's the stuff I look for now. And more than ever, I think it's for me. Anyway, that's a good indicator.
0: Oh yeah. That's a great piece of advice. For sure. Your trusted family and friends. Because if your trusted family and friends, the people closest to you, if the person you're dating, if that doesn't mesh well or they don't like that person. Exactly. I, and I had to learn that over the years because when I was like a teen, I'd be really like rebellious and be like, my parents don't know. Like I would never have them I'm pick the someone for me. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. but the key word here is like trusted friends and family. OK, the, mm-hmm. these are people who really know you and they can spot immediately yeah. whether someone is good for you or not and they're not looking at the other person so much they're looking at you when you're the other person because they know yeah, when when you are the shining star comfortable version of yourself and if you're not they can pick up on that so that is what they see yeah. and so i always think it's a good thing to trust and i think what you're doing is smart just off the bat why yeah, not like, meet your friends I... why not meet your family It doesn't mean anything I think some people I, get scared, like, I don't want to, it's like pressure.
1: Yeah, but I know, and I know people do that, right? And I I, I want to be, I want to be like understanding to that too. And I'm more of a, even though I may be very extrovert on occasion, I'm also pretty introverted too. But I like this idea where it's like, it's like, yeah, let me meet your mom. Sure, let's go. Like, let, we need to go for like meet your parents, whatever. Like, I love it because I, there's nothing, there's actually nothing to lose. There's everything to gain from it because it's like, cool. Like I met your family. Now I have a better sense of what your social world's like, like what your life world. And you know what? It probably won't work out if you don't have a good relationship with them, to be honest, because that can lead to other challenges in the future, right? Like maybe you don't have a strong social world. Maybe you're not, you don't have a strong social support system with friends. And like, those are pretty key. And I'm not saying everyone is born into different circumstances. And I've gone through the motions of repairing my own family ties over the years, but it's just that now I look strongly upon both like what is their social world like and their support, but also my own and how do they interact with that? Which is why it comes back to me like, you know, have to, I have to plug this here, but like the Pitch Your Friend campaign for HeartStream. Yes, and let's talk this, about this. this. This this for me, like it's a way to bring this humanness back into dating. And someone brought this up recently. And I think about it a lot back to this trust we get from like our friends. So if you're like, hey, Lee, I have a friend that, you know, if I was single, hey, you know, she'd be great for you. Why don't you guys go on a blind date? I would, I would probably 99% of the time be like, cool. Like, sure. You, she's your friend, you know, where there's already this automatic level of feeling of like some social trust, right? Right. You're, you're vouching, you're vouching for that person. Right. So for me, this idea of like pitching your friend, um, and getting kind of, you know, 15 seconds or less, like you to pitch your friend, uh, on video to someone, I think is a really human way to to see like yeah people are like oh it's biased I'm like yeah but it's also not biased it's authentic you, you know in this person it's going to be valid of what you say about them and who knows what you're going to say it could be funny it could be like I've had some pretty funny comments so far from people which is which is great pretty outlandish but uh, at the same time for me like having that um, in a in a dating app experience I think is really it's a really interesting way to create not only trust uh, through through by me being on a dating app it's very very impersonal now right so it's very focused on the individual but truthfully again back to this idea of like this larger social life world around us inviting your friends and you do that kind of sometimes if you have photos of your friends and your dating profile but if you see videos whether it's someone pitching you or videos of your friends and family I think that's actually a really good quick way to without meeting them to be like ooh, will I will I vibe with them you know like just again little glimpses but um, yeah, for me, that's, that's bringing back this human element into our social life world, where prior to dating apps and dating on the web, you know, we, we would do that through friends and family, you know, people be like, I know this person, they're like, they want to date. So yeah, I'm just trying to bring that, bring that back into the dating experience and the pitch your friend campaign is part of that with the launch of a really cool feature You can't post this podcast actually before the launch of this because I'm going to tell you it now, but it's basically it's basically it's pitch your friend, but it's in the app. So that's like it's our it's our hook. It's our no dating app does this. Okay, so no dating app has a feature that allows you to um, send a link out to anyone else that's in the app. So if you're in the app, I'm in the app and you're like, hey, you want to do a quick pitch for me on my dating profile? And it's a cool way to also pitch myself. That's an interesting, even though, yes, mostly men would be looking at your profile, but at the same time, like there may be, who knows, like maybe people are showing their friends. I don't know. But the point is, is, that I can actually create content for you and and take some of the pressure off you also having to create content for yourself as well, which I think is a really cool piece because a lot of people feel a lot of pressure making content for their dating profile. And it's like, you know, get a friend to pitch you. Plus I get more, more insight into who you are now in your life world. So. Oh,
0: absolutely. That I love that because yeah, if you want to learn about who someone is, and I would do this when I was on the online dating apps that were just photos. If they had a photo with friends, I would judge them base or gauge them based on i'm like oh that guy looks like scum kind of you know and or if they all look like those scummy guys i'd be like "Mm, that's a reflection of you buddy (laughs) yeah so i I do think right and then hearing the video which i mean this is long overdue is having videos i I feel like it's a no-brainer for online dating that you get more of a sense of energy when you see somewhat the way they move because it's really easy to be very charming and create a persona kind of like original instagram right like yeah, yeah certain angles and people can take time to type what they want to type but it's yeah. like how do they talk you can't yeah. hide awkwardness on mm-hmm, video mm-hmm. right <laughs>
1: but so, that's the best part you got to put something out there to get something back And like part of the part of my assumptions are that there's a whole host of people swiping on people that they actually otherwise would connect with if they yeah. just saw them on video. Yes. Cause they just see some people suck at photos. Some people suck at oh, take, putting sure. prompts. And we know, we know already that like the caliber, like the level of which you have to have, like to stay in tune with like the dating game. It's like reading, read any of the latest like research. It's like one last week I did a post on, which was, you know, these like, you need to have really original metaphors. So it's like, what if you suck at making comedic metaphors, you know, like some of the classic ones are like, help me with my swing. They're not working anymore, because nobody's attracted to that, like no one cares. But it's like, you need to have super comedic ones that and it's like, maybe you're not that good at making up an original metaphor. So someone reads your text prompt and then matches with you, you know, or maybe you're not good at taking selfies, because uh, the research shows that you need to have uh, your angle to the right, so that it shows some of your jawline. And like, it's like, it's so absurd, like, the gatedness towards like actually kind of meeting someone and that's the piece for me where it's like asynchronous video again like TikTok Instagram story style you know three three to 15 seconds I can get a much better sense and I have a much better chance I think um at meeting someone based on similar interests based on you know versus swiping on a literally like old profile So. I don't know. I just oh, think that yeah. it's the right way.
0: Oh, for sure. And if you're a high performer and you want efficiency, I feel yes. like this is way more efficient. <laughs> like you know, you have you're just more clear of what you're signing up for.
1: But like to that point though too, like being being a high performer, let's say you don't want to you don't want to download a dating app. So like the next piece for me to this is we're launching a matchmaking service. And the matchmaking service, of course, you could guess it, is just video. So it's like, hey, we send you three to five videos of potential matches every month all you got to do is say yes or no and we set up the date for you period it's like that's it for a small subscription fee you know a lot of these a lot of these management companies charge a lot i'm not saying it's not valuable what i'm saying is maybe we can make it a little bit more accessible to people that want more of a concierge service that is not based on either like Having so many exhausting questions and just seeing a photo or some text about someone, you're not going to get anything. You're like, you get a very little low resolution view. But if you get a couple of videos, you know, a few times a month of potential dates, I think you're going to get a better sense of, you know, and it's served up to you from a matchmaker that's literally triaging, triaging matches for you. I think that's cool. So again, choose a dating app with asynchronous video or jump into matchmaking with video. I just think it's the way forward in any case.
0: What are some other features? Of your dating app,
1: the second one for now for us that separates uh, us from everyone else is there's only three conversations, so you need to be a little bit more intentional in who you're communicating with. Part of the problem we've discovered is that, and I'm sure as you know and the clients you speak with, is that people are overwhelmed and it's exhausting to even get started. Um, especially again if you're if you're a top quality or high value woman, um, it's pretty common that you're going to have a lot of um, you know messages and notifications. I'm saying, yeah. If you're a high-quality man or a high-value man, as well, of course you are. So, I just think men aren't as bothered by it, but women are pretty bothered by it. Uh, when you know you speak to them, and they have look at any TikTok video. Like sometimes people do those videos where they show how many matches they have, and it's like, how do you even begin to have an even basic conversation with someone, you know, or assess potential? And again, everyone's different; they have their own approach and their own style. I just think that reducing the noise to three conversations forces you to consider what am i here for and what am i looking for and and you can't actually match with anyone unless there's a mutual like and you're not going to see anyone that likes you right out the gate too which is i think cool because you're not you're not getting distracted by like likes 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 yeah it's played off of our dopamine hit for the past decade and people get an ego boost from it but it's like has it served us very well i don't think so that's the second kind of defining feature for us is just making sure we reduce the noise for people, maybe a little bit slower dating, if you will. Maybe it'll be like by being slower in the experience, it'll be faster at finding a potential love match in some ways, you know, like
0: more so. intentional, more quality. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, there's that. And then, as you know, just slowly building out our coaching and matchmaking ecosystem. So, kind of wrapping the dating experience in this ecosystem which is just a way for us to um, provide a little bit more access to content but also make it again more fun and engaging and maybe we've create a little niche community out of that I, I don't know but I, I do think having that awareness and having that on hand as the date like personally if when I was going through my one point five year of it'd be nice if I would have like yeah I could go on the internet and like search on YouTube and I've done those things it's just like I think it's kind of interesting in the dating experience so I want to see what How daters feel about having content like, you know, like you have content about high performing women in there, right? It's like, or we have content from another like a sexologist and yogi. It's like, that's kind of cool. Like, let's talk about what orgasms are like when you're dating, stuff like that. I just think it's interesting to see if that resonates with people. And I do want to build like an ecosystem of services for people in the dating experience, not just matching, right? So that's kind of this larger journey here.
0: Are you on your app? <laughs>
1: well, date? now I'm now I'm seeing someone. So, you know, um, everyone always jokes and asks me that. And they're like, why didn't you just go on it? And that would be the best vehicle to market it. I'm like, hey, the optics guys, come on. It's kind of weird. I'm on there. You could, I should look in the database and see if anyone like likes my, <laughs> my content. But no, I'm not. I'm trying to create the dating experience right now. So, you know. Got
0: it. Yeah, I would imagine it would be like, Tom from MySpace. You would be like Tom from MySpace if you were actually using your app.
1: That's a hilarious <laughs> reference. I mean, you know what? Who knows? Maybe one day I'll be back on my app. I don't know, but yeah. I just like it's. You never know what how things work out. But no, at this time, I'm not. Our new version 1.5 is coming out in uh I don't know a month or something. So I don't know when you're going to launch this this podcast. But in any case, should be about a month. Hoping you know right before the new year. So that will include pitch your friend feature. It will have uh, matchmaking and um, yeah, more coaching, some updates to the you know interface, and yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be it's going to be a nice start to the new to twenty twenty three.
0: I love what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about that, and also sharing your own personal journey. I know it's uh, I mean you're cool about it, but it, it yeah, is yeah. very vulnerable to just talk to the world into a microphone about. Yeah, know all the personal growth stuff
1: I don't want anyone to ever feel the way that I felt sometimes like being so isolated and felt like lonely or that there was no one else that wasn't going through that you know I had to work through those things but I think if I can like inspire anyone else or help anyone else that's like the key part here and everyone's going through their own journey but you're you're you may you are, yeah you're alone but you're also not alone that's why it's important to speak about those things right
0: Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.